You may recognise him. He has been the doctor that used to do regular appearances on uh, the, uh, the Today Show. He's also the father of a very close client of mine and a good friend of mine, David Walker from Ray White Warunga, which off the top of my head, last time they were doing the rankings for Ray White around, uh, around uh, New South Wales, Australia, he's, in, he's definitely in the top two or three principal selling uh, salesperson. I get mixed up with the awards. The main thing is he's a long-term successful real estate agent. There's a great saying, form is temporary, class is permanent. This guy's class, he's been doing it a few years. But your class too as well, Dr. Walker, because I still remember, I still remember the day in 2006, you're down in the dumps, you've just been told you've had a relapse, you know that that means chemo, you know that that means radiation, and you're stressed, and you're also, whenever the shit goes down, you're un, you've got, uh, you, there's uncertainty, and, I, and you've got a t tolerance for, everyone's got a different level of tolerance for uncertainty, mine's got better over the years, but I'm sitting there stressed and I remember you got on the phone, you're at an airport, you were on the run and um, David said, I'm gonna get my dad to call you and he can have a quick chat. And all I remember is that you changed the outlook I had on it. I mean, nothing chemically changed in my body, but you said something along the lines is, look, rituximab is gonna do the job for you. I'm very, very confident without knowing too much more you're going to recover and um, you're going to have a decent life ahead of you. That was in 2016. It's 2020. So, so far you've been right. Oh, well, I try to be right most of the time. No one is 100% of the time. But by the look of you, Tom, no one could even think you ever ever needed the treatment. So you look so good. Oh, there was, there was an occasion once. Uh, so I never, uh, 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 Ross, I never walked into to treatment looking like I was too sick. I'd sort of you know, I wouldn't wear a pinstripe suit, but I got, got dressed respectably and walked in there. And there was an occasion where they did think at one stage I worked at the hospital, which made me feel good because they didn't think, right? Now, I'm so excited because uh, I read an article today that your son sent me. And um, it to me, it was a positive article. And I thank you for coming on because a lot of the people that watch my content on Facebook, uh, sort of, there's a bit of a, I mean, and I'm going to get hit by a lot of people because every time I've used the word info pandemic, I end up getting a lot of people saying, oh, you're crazy. Can't you see people are actually dying? So I do get it. It's real. But I also, I can't help it. I mean, last week I said, I was talking to a New Zealand real estate agent. He said, Tom, it's a bit surreal. Like there's, he goes, I get there's an illness, but one person has died in New Zealand at the time when yeah. I had the conversation. He says, five million of us are in lockdown and um, it's a bit surreal. He goes, but I don't underestimate that this thing is not made up. It is real. Um, what's your take on it all, Dr. Walker? Well, well first, firstly, Ross. Yeah, yeah. Firstly, Tom, we have to understand that in places like Northern Italy, places like uh, especially New York, there have been a huge amount of deaths from this. But what I said in the article that you read was that there's a very clear explanation for why these sort of places are copying it in a very bad way, but in Australia, we're not. And let me give you the, the key things. Firstly, this all started in China, okay? Now, regardless of, of what you want to say, it started in China, started in Wuhan, no doubt about that from these, the horrible hygienic habits in the, in the wet markets. Now, now we, we're not really sure because you can't be 100% sure of the information that comes out of China 
how many deaths they've really had. But let's assume the inf information is correct. They've had about 100,000 cases and about three or 4,000 deaths, which has been the, the experience from some places. But then they've the freezing cold temperatures in Wuhan where it started, it then started northern Italy, started in Iran, South Korea, again, where it was freezing cold. But here's New York, where it was also cold when it started. And New York has a population in any one day when it's not corona time of 25 million people. And this is the thing. This is the whole concept of viral load. So if you have 21, 25 million people packed into an area that's about a quarter the size of Sydney, that's New York City, you're going to get a huge amount of people who've infected with the viral load, pouring it into the big tenement buildings with the air conditioning, the, the virus particles going throughout the air conditioning. So it, it's about dose. And I say to people, you have a glass of wine with a meal, that's called being civilised. But you drink a bottle of whiskey a day, that's going to cause you a problem. And it's the same thing here. This is why healthy young health workers who work in an intensive care unit with five or six people with severe COVID-19 are pouring virus into a short, into a small area, that viral load is hitting those healthy young people. And that's why we're seeing doctors and nurses dying from this condition as well, because of the dose. But in Australia, we have 25 million people spread out into a country that's the same size as China or the USA. And so we don't get the same degree of dose. Now, there, of course, there are pockets. So you, you go into the Dorothy Henderson nursing home in, in Macquarie Park in, in Sydney, where overseas health workers have come into the nursing home as nurses to work there and infected a 96-year-old woman. Oh, what are the headlines? A 96-year-old woman dies in a nursing home. That's a shock. And, and so people are calling that a COVID-19 death. No, all I'm saying is COVID-19 is just tipping that person over the edge to their death. People in their 90s die. People in their 80s die, typically with severe comorbid conditions. In Australia, the youngest death has been in a 61-year-old man. Now, we don't know whether that man was a smoker, whether he had a degree of chronic lung disease or whether he had severe heart disease or whatever. But typically, there's two issues here. One is viral load that I've already mentioned. And two is the immunity of the person who gets the condition. And, that's, and they're, they're, they're the two causes. So in Australia, what have we had to date? We've had in three months of COVID-19 or, or coronavirus, COVID-19 is the clinical manifestation of coronavirus, so in three months of coronavirus in this country, what have we had? 61 deaths. Last year, during a relatively weak influenza season over four months, 900 deaths. What we've, we've had at the moment in the last couple of days, 31 cases today in Australia, 41 yesterday, 37 the day before. We've had well over 3,000 people recover from this illness. What's been the community transmission? So that's you can't explain where the virus has come from in a person in the last 24 hours, nothing. There's been no community transmission whatsoever, except for in people who know, oh, I, I had somebody who's got the disease. I've caught, caught it from them. I've had someone who's just come back in from overseas with the disease. That's explainable transmission, but we've had no person-to-person -person transmission in Australia in the last 24 hours in people where there wasn't a good explanation for it. So why have we locked down this country for a condition that's really not causing a huge problem in Australia? Now, I totally agree 
with social distancing. I think we should all be socially, stop the touchy-feely stuff, stop the man hug, stop the, the, the handshakes and all of that for the time being. Stop the big events. Sure, no one likes to see the Easter show stop. No one likes to see their rugby league or rugby union stop. But stop those events. But I, I think this, this nonsense, and I personally think it is nonsense, about not having children go to school because, you see, this, again, this is about herd immunity. And people don't understand this. A virus is not a living substance. A virus is a, a series of little proteins all stuck together and a bit of RNA, which is part of genetic material, all stuck together with little bits of protein spikes hanging off. So when you see the news and the virus traveling behind the news reader there, that's just this non-living bit of protein that needs a living cell to get into. And so if little bits of that protein break off when, when you transmit it to someone else, they develop an immunity to that bit and they spread it to someone else and, and often they don't even get sick from it. And then after 60 to 70% of the population have, have been exposed to that virus or bits of that virus to some extent, we get what's called herd immunity. What's the best way to spread herd immunity? By giving it to people who are healthy and are not going to get very sick from it. That's called children. Send them to school. Send them to preschool. Don't stop those sort of activities. And what is wrong, Tom, with someone sitting on a park bench with their partner? Uh, they're not going to infect anybody. What's wrong with that? And people are being moved off of park benches. And this is a game where people should be getting creative. So many people have become unemployed because of this virus. So put up barriers down at the beach, have people standing there checking temperatures and, and allocating areas on the beach social distancing so people can still go and have a swim. What is more healing than a bit of salt water? But what we're doing is we're closing down these things. I just think we should be closing down a huge amount of people getting stuck together, bringing in that big viral load that I'm talking about. So, so, so stop the, stop the lock, start the lockdown, or sorry, keep the lockdown going for the next couple of weeks. But as soon as the kids are, are supposed to go back to school, send them back to school and dip your toe in the water by say, say if you own a restaurant, You've got 50 seats in the restaurant. Now make it 20 seats. Do that for two or three weeks and see if the virus starts to increase. If it doesn't, we then start dipping our toe further into the water again. That's all I'm saying in this country. It's not the same deal as New York. And, and people said, oh, hang on, hang on. Singapore have just started to get a big rise again. No, no, no. The reason why that we've seen the, the increase in cases in Singapore recently is they have a big South Asian population where people from Bangladesh and Sri Lanka, for example, are over there as workers on the construction sites. They live in these huge dormitories where they're all packed in together. That's where the, the recent recrudescence of COVID-19 has happened because of these people living in the dormitories. It hasn't happened just on the street from, from normal people who aren't packed in like sardines. Look, the way you're, you're making sense because on the, on, on the one hand, you're sort of saying is, hey, this is a real problem, and you said yep. it at the start. It's for a problem for for older people or immune suppressed people. Yep. But you could actually have measures to treat that subset of people in a different way than yes. what you would the rest of the planet, right? Yep. Is that what you're sort of saying? Yep. And I'm saying, look, I'm over sixty, even though I, clearly I don't look at that. You no, look but, like fifty-seven and a half. Yeah, cut it out. But I'm I'm over sixty, and I think that people over sixty should be semi-quarantined from people below 60. And as I said, I wouldn't have the huge event. So you've got a big stadium with say 10, 15, 20,000 people. If there's even 30, 40 people there with, with uh, coronavirus, 
they're still pouring in into a, a smallish area, there is the weak potential for that virus to spread pretty quickly. So get rid of the big events for about six months. But for the rest of us, go to work, socially distance, go to restaurants, but don't sit on top of each other like these cafes where they've got 20 people crammed into a small area. Stop all that sort of stuff, but allow people to have a relatively normal life. And, and this nonsense about people not being able to drive up to their holiday house. I mean, if you're going into your holiday house and doing the same thing you do inside here in, in your own home, what, what's the problem with that? You're not spreading the virus to anywhere. So I, I, there was a backflip. There was a, on, on, on the weekend, the Premier of uh, Victoria, uh, Daniel Andrews, um, uh, shocked the whole real estate industry where he said, you're not going to be able to take a buyer through a property. And they had already taken the measures. So, I mean, open for inspections are finished and on-site auctions are finished. All they were talking about, Ross, was to take a, 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 a single buyer to a house Yet the irony of it all is you hear about stories of Bunnings Hardware. There's 700 people sitting inside Bunnings Hardware. He, he, did, over, he did overturn it. But I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. So you think in the USA, the reason why USA has copped it so bad is it's just the, the, the landscape of lots of blocks of units and lots of people crowded in the one spot and ventilation and air conditioning. Yes, using the same air conditioning units all through the same building. So you've got a sick person on the third floor who's coughing and spluttering from their coronavirus. All the respiratory droplets travel through the air conditioning into somebody else's air conditioning units and, and, and they breathe it in and they get sick. Or as I said, the health workers in the intensive care units getting a huge viral dose. We just don't have that there. Now, in my view, there's nothing wrong with a real estate agent taking a couple who are saying they're well and they've had no exposure to people with coronavirus in Australia, they haven't just come back from an overseas trip from Northern Italy, New York or Wuhan, let them go through the house. What is, what's it going to do? And the point is, a very simple way to kill the coronavirus if it's on your hands is to wash them with soap. So you basically wash your hands for 20 seconds, sing yeah. happy birthday to yourself inside your head. Yes. And, and if you do that, that's the amount of time you need that will kill the virus on your on your hands, and the, and the real estate agent can go through on the surfaces in the home, and the surfaces that people might touch can be just wiped over. That will kill the coronavirus. So it's just. So cool. can, can, can I ask sense. in 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 my own life, like I mean, travel is one of the things that I and I know uh, you were a traveller with your work. Travelling is one of the things that I that I do because of the conferences. Going mm. back to life post COVID nineteen. Um, on, on, an, on, a, on an aeroplane, is it an, is it an environment there that is going to be more conducive to getting the virus? Oh, if the virus is still around, absolutely. I mean, there, there's a, a lot of people who, who do a lot of overseas travel, including pilots and flight attendants, do have a, a, a slightly higher increased risk for many diseases. So to give you an example, pilots who are sitting there in the cockpit have a much higher rate of melanoma. Uh, the flight attendants, the female flight attendants have a high rate of breast cancer because of the cosmic radiation, the, the radiation coming into the, um, into the plane itself. But then you're also recirculating air for, if, you, if you're flying from here to Singapore, there's seven, seven hours of recirculating air. So if someone had coronavirus on the plane there, then there's going to be an issue. So I, I actually believe as much as I love overseas travel, and to be frank with you, Tom, I was supposed to be leaving tomorrow with my wife to Hawaii for a wedding. Obviously, that's canned. We're supposed to be going to another wedding with, with my beautiful son, David, in uh, Lake Como in Italy in September. That's gone. 
And I suspect that we should probably be shutting the borders down for at least six and possibly even 12 months until this thing dies off or we have an effective vaccine. Now, there are some promising treatments that look like they may be reasonable, but the key thing is having a vaccine. Okay, um, quick question. Young people seem to be unaffected, but then occasionally you hear about a young person that passed away from it. What's yeah. that all about? Well, I think that firstly is what I said about viral load. So often you'll find that person either got a huge dose of the virus from whatever reason, they're a health worker or somebody coughed straight in their face, or more likely they had an underlying um, immune disorder. I'll, I'll give you an example. It's got nothing to do with coronavirus, okay? I, I, I've done radio in, around Australia for the last 20 years, and one of the worst calls I've ever had was a paramedic who ra rang one of my Melbourne radio segments He'd just been to the unsuccessful cardiac arrest of a 15-year-old girl who had three V drinks. Now, personally, I'd ban energy drinks. Now, now, clearly, she had an underlying heart condition and the, the caffeine in the V drinks caused her to go into cardiac arrest. Now, should you ban energy drinks based on one case? Probably not. But I, I heard a fellow called Bjorn Longberg, who's a, is a, a Swedish professor, say, if we cut the 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 um, the traffic uh, sorry the the speed limit down to twenty k's an hour, we wouldn't see any car accidents. But it's obviously that's impractical. Now to, it's the same thing. Just because very rarely a thirty year old might die from a condition, does that mean you ban everything else around that condition? And as I said to you, every every year in Australia we have somewhere between five hundred to two thousand deaths from influenza. So do we go into the same lockdown every year about influenza? Because sometimes young people might die from influenza as well. And I've seen that too often that, that where you see someone who is otherwise perfectly healthy, developed severe influenza, had the genetic predisposition to a thing we call myocarditis, which is inflammation in the heart, and that killed them within a few days. So, so there'll always be people dying from things like a shark attack, but should we not swim at the beach ever because there are sharks? That's why we have shark alarms and the flags and we have surf lifesavers. So we do bring in all of these safety mechanisms behind it, but many more people die in this country from suicide, from car accidents than they ever, ever will from uh, coronavirus. And I said on TV a few months ago when this all started, if people are really that concerned about their health and security, stop stockpiling toilet paper but start stockpiling fruit and vegetables and exercise equipment because one person dies every 12 minutes in this country from heart disease. You make so much common sense. You make so much common sense. I've got to say, uh, uh, Ross, uh, what you, and, and, and by the way, everyone that's watching this, the man you're looking on the screen actually said it some time ago that Australia, this is even before we started getting the good news down where the infection rate's been going down for a week or so, you actually said it a few weeks ago, Australia was not gonna be in Italy. Australia wasn't no. gonna be, it wasn't gonna be a disaster. No, and we, we could be a disaster if we stopped the social distancing, if we just went on totally normally. And I have not said that once. What I've said is let's have the demarcation People over the age of 60 should be very careful. People below the age of 60 should, should still social distance, but we just don't need to go overboard and crank the whole economy down because of 61 deaths in typically sick elderly people. As I said, the, the youngest death has been 61. 
But we're talking about, as I said, 95-year-old, 91-year-old, 85-year-old with dementia dying in a nursing home. That's a normal day-to-day -day occurrence. And look, anyone's death is, is, is a tragedy in many ways. In other ways, it's a nice release for them when, they, when, they're, still, when they're suffering. So I just think this has to be put in, into perspective. And there are some sensible people in the medical profession who are advising the governments, but some lunatic came out a few, well, I think about a month ago and said, we're going to see 15 million cases of coronavirus in Australia and 150,000 deaths. Really? Look at the statistics. They just don't tell us that. Now, can I ask you, if you were someone that made decisions for the government, if yep. you were now reporting into, let's assume right now you were the chief medical officer, you, yep. you are actually a, a Brent, is it Brendan Murphy? Brendan Murphy. Professor Brendan Murphy. Professor Bre yes, Brendan Murphy. Very good what job. Would you, what, what would you, have you been happy with the way the government's gone about things? To an extent. I've, I've agreed with the initial uh, lockdown and I said, we've done it for a couple of weeks and I think that's very important. But, but what I would do, send the kids back to school when the school holidays finish. So get them back to school and at the same time, reopen the smaller venues like restaurants and, uh, and cafes and, and then just watch for a couple of weeks. What's wrong with doing that? You wait, you wait then for a couple of weeks after that, look at the case rates. If the case rates don't change, you say, okay, that's work. Let's move to the next, next level, then the next level, then the next level. Now the rugby league wants to get back at the end of May. I think that's probably a bit early, but again, you know, 13 guys tackling 13 guys without a huge amount of people in the stadiums get at least get it back on television so people can watch something they enjoy that's probably okay to do it maybe at the end of may or june depending on what i'm saying but first try the simple small steps and allow people to go down to a park and sit on the bench as long as there's only two people who know each other sitting on the bench it's very simple, common sense stuff. And let, let's look at, as Australians, I think we've been extremely good here. The vast majority of people are following all of the guidelines that have been set down by the government. I think the government have done a good job, but let's not ruin all of society for a condition that in this country hasn't caused the disaster it has in places like Italy and New York and Spain. Okay, well, that's fantastic. I've got to tell you, I feel, I feel very positive hearing this information coming from... Uh, from a doctor and someone that's written seven books, has been doing uh, uh, a lot of media work over the last few years, and everything that you've said um, is, uh, is, is, is not wrong from what you started saying originally. It hasn't been the catastrophe, and I think now people, uh, Ross, are thinking to themselves, because everyone was brought up and educated, it's gonna be six months. It's six months, you're just right off six months. Now I think what's happening is a, a bit of cabin fever is setting in. Yep. People are, people are, you know, people, business people are looking at their profit and loss report and saying, "Hang on a second, how's this all going to stack up?" A few people have lost their jobs, more to lose. Some are hanging in there by the skin of their teeth, and now people are beginning to think, "Is this six more months from now?" And um, I think that's where uh, I think people are becoming a little bit uh, restless. And I, and I think there's all reason to feel restless because our liberties have been taken away. And, and that would be reasonable if we we're in New York, where we're seeing the bodies piled up on their, I think it's called their Heart Island or whatever. Um, that would be reasonable. But we haven't seen that. I, I, I've, in, my, in my practice, I've got a, um, a general practice next to me. And the principal of that general practice said to me two weeks ago, 
I, I walked in there, had the plexiglass screens and they had all had surgical scrubs on. And I said, well, what's going on? They said, oh, this coronavirus is going to cause all sorts of problems. I said, well, it hasn't done so to date. And the principal said to me, you just wait. You just wait. The next two weeks, we're going to see it go through the roof. It was two weeks ago. No deaths in the last 24 hours. 61 deaths in three months. So what, what I've set up to date has happened. And I think there's good reasons for that. And I've given all the good reasons. And I, I really think that... And, and, and look, me, let me make the point, Tom. If anyone who's listening to this, if you want to keep your immunity working well, because that's a, a key thing for... All of us, whether, whether we're 85 years old or 25 years old, we want to keep our immunity. Now, the people who will die or may die in their 30s from this condition, there's a key thing there, don't smoke. So let, let me just say, and I, I say this all the time in my professional talks or on radio, write about this in my books, the five keys of being healthy, whether we're talking yes. about coronavirus or anything else, and this is the best advice I can give to anyone who's listening, you cannot be healthy and smoke, drink too much grog or snort cocaine. So anyone who's addicted to anything is sick. So I don't care if you're a 25-year-old who can run a marathon. If you're smoking a cigarette, you are ill and that will predispose you to any other disease, number one. So get rid of any bad habits. Number two is good quality sleep. Seven to eight hours per night of good quality sleep is as good for your body as not smoking. Number three is nutrition. Nutrition's easy to talk about, probably harder for most people to do. It's called eat less food, eat more natural food. Number four is the second best drug on the planet, which is three to five hours every week of moderate exercise, which should be about two thirds cardio, jogging, running, swimming, cycling, whatever, and a third resistance training. And, and people can say, oh, but we can't go to the gym anymore. Who cares? Just behind me here, I've got an exercise bike. I, I spend 40 minutes on that bike six, seven days a week, and I, and I cycle for 20 Ks on the bike. And you know what? It doesn't matter whether it's raining. You don't have to wear a damn helmet. You can't fall off your bike. No one runs into you. You're not breathing in other people's pollution. So there's no excuse to be exercising, whether you're stuck at home or not, or you can go out for a walk. It's a damn good way to do it as well. And number five, the best drug on the planet is a thing called happiness. And the happier you are, the less disease you have. Now, you follow those five keys, you reduce your risk for all diseases, not just the coronavirus, but all diseases by 70 to 80%. There is no drug known to man that comes anywhere near those five principles of healthy living. Geez, you make a lot. I wish, I wish all doctors spoke the way you do. You actually, you, you, that is just so easy to understand. And I would say the last five minutes that you've been talking, it's probably the most useful thing anyone listening here, that's probably the most productive thing they could do than be spending eight hours watching TV, counting the death rates by the hour on television, which yep. is really out of your control anyway. Yep. And we're going to get over this and we're going to get back to our lives. And I'm just saying the quicker we can get back to some degree of normalcy, the better it is for all of us. So if anyone from the government's listening to this, tip your toe in the water and just start things slowly. The old baby steps to get back slowly to normality because that's what we have to do. All righty. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, mate. Thank you. Bye-bye.